0: Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show.
1: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers,
0: and I'm with Honky. Uh, Let's sell out the vault this weekend, uh, Redcasters. Saturday, women's basketball plays Iowa at 1 p.m. Sunday, men's basketball plays Maryland at 4 p.m. Two huge games. Uh, Go Big Red.
1: Everybody's on the bandwagon all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Also with Boomer.
2: Well, we got softball and a nice winning streak. Husker baseball kicking off here shortly. Men's basketball starting their run to the NCAA tournament. Tech of a week for Husker <laughs> Fan Podcast.
1: <So. laughs> I love our fan base. No expectations whatsoever. Um couple of wins, and suddenly we're, we're going to the tourney. Uh, Honky, we have a special guest tonight.
0: You want to introduce him? Absolutely. We welcome back friend of the Redcast, Adam McClintock, the college football professor, co-founder of Matrix, Matrix Analytical, and a consultant to head coaches, athletic directors, and football ops personnel. You can find him on Twitter, at collegefootballprofessor. How are things going, Adam? Pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me back on. This is good. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, for those redcasters that might not be as familiar with uh, with you and what you do in your role, can you explain a little bit what that is, Matrix Analytical, and and uh, what you have done, your co-founder with of it?
3: Absolutely. So basically, what we do is we aid athletic directors, um, head coaches, uh, football uh, ops personnel, um, and even we've gotten into representing some some coaches who are who are maybe under uh they don't have quite the network established to to, to find jobs who are, who are really quality coaches um we help all those facets of people um um fill their their, their 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 needs as far as whether that be a head coach or a whole a whole staff of of of, of 10 on field coaches or we, we're just kind of there to do whatever those those uh those those, those clients need us to do
0: mm hmm well, Redcasters, uh, we'll get to the to the meat of this, but let's uh, go over a couple of the upcoming episodes and then also uh, some of our sponsors. Uh, we have a fan forum scheduled for next Wednesday, a week from tonight, actually, at this time, 8 p.m., with uh, former Husker Cody Glenn, a black shirt and IBAC, so he's switched positions. I think we'll, we'll hear about that some of this offseason with some players. Um, he's also a Texas high school football coach now, so a lot of interesting discussion there. Uh, next up is... We have the Redcast store. It's now open. And so if you go and use this QR code, it will actually take you to the webpage with all of our gear. And we've got some really cool shirts and long sleeve shirts and hats and all that good stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, take care of, uh, get, go and get yourself a, a shirt. You, you deserve it. Uh, next up here is, oh, well, that's that one. Uh, it's glow big red right now. We're in the middle of glow big red. Uh, Dave, I know you, I was looking it up and Dave, I know you're a College of Architecture guy, and your college yeah. is doing quite well per person. They've uh, they've been doing uh, really well getting a uh, getting some uh fun sent in there, and and by all means, go to globigred.unl.edu support the University of Nebraska and uh, its endeavors. You can give to the athletic side, you can give it to the academic side. So uh, this is a great thing that's going on. Uh, An alumni hall to Lincoln locations, uh, downtown South Point Pavilions. I was just there the other week. Got a bunch of good stuff support the people there at alumni hall.
1: Hey, hey honky. Uh, how mm-hmm. is the engineering college doing with Glow uh, Big Red? Uh,
0: I, uh, I gave a donation today in uh, my dad's in honor of my dad, a 1971 graduate of electrical engineering. So, uh,
1: nice. every
0: year, that's my tradition. That I do
1: your Boomer club doing okay. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> No. <laughs> the fencing club's not getting any money from glow <laughs> big red <I> mean, come <laughs> I know, on i man. don't
2: believe so so but as an alumni okay. you need to yeah i know so
1: pumping those good yeah donkeys point uh college of architecture i've been working with uh the uh, cameron andreessen i believe who's uh with any foundation and connected with the college of architecture also a college of journalism and mass communications uh alum just like you honk so hopefully both mm-hmm. of those colleges are, are doing well with uh big red absolutely well, should we get to Tweets of the Week, Dave?
0: Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, uh, we always like to start, uh, Adam, with uh, Tweets of the Week, and we're going to kind of theme these in two different approaches. The first one is we're going to talk about some recruiting. And, and in addition to the analytics that you guys work with, with coaches and football ops people, you also get into recruiting analytics. And so this was a I what I would say is a fun tweet that we sent out about a week ago. And it's that the Lincoln Airport currently has direct flights to Chicago, Denver, and Houston. And then from a purely recruiting standpoint, if you could name three, your top three nonstop destinations you would like to see LNK add, where would they be? So we have Lincoln, Denver, and Houston right now, but where would we like to add uh, from that? And and we'll go around the room, but I'll start with you, Adam, and uh, and we'll go from there.
3: Wow. Okay. So with this staff so far, it seems like you'd want something in like, say, Newark, New Jersey, you know, out east that way, um, which, you know, think about a, a non-stop non, uh, flight to Newark, you know, that wouldn't be a destination most people outside recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I think with the staff, they, they, they've proven they have a lot of, of those east coast ties, so that might be good for them. Um, I know, it, you know, we, we have Houston up there, but I think just a, a non-stop flight to Dallas would be would be useful, and then one to Atlanta. I think you get those three on there, and and you have a lot of good bases covered there.
0: Mm-hmm. Grand Island flies to Dallas. It's a little surprising that we we don't have that from Lincoln. How about you, Dave?
1: Yeah, well, um, I would I would say at least in the short term, I would like it to fly to Phoenix in particular, um, <laughs> uh, unless we can just have a charter flight for. One particular individual on a regular basis, um, or maybe an assistant coach and a family member. I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but Phoenix seems <laughs> handy right now. Yeah, yeah, Boomer.
2: Uh, well, I just kind of go along with Dave here. Something to the to the West Coast, whether it's Phoenix or LA, especially with UCLA and USC coming into the conference. I think you're going to have. Mm-hmm better recruiting opportunities out West. And you might as well take advantage of that as long as, you know, we're a, should be a coast to coast operation when it comes to recruiting to Nebraska. So that'd give you the chance.
0: Yeah. It was uh, Coach White, uh, the defensive new defensive coordinator has connections out West. And I know we just brought in a defensive lineman from, from California. I'm, I think uh, the three that I wrote down, I kind of took the approach uh, a little bit that Adam did of something out East to reflect, Um, coach rules background, whether that's Philadelphia or, you know, you can name a hundred towns out there, but Philly, Newark, something that would be in that area. I think I did Dallas as well, which doubles up in Texas, but that seems to be such a priority area that it kind of made sense. And then to your point there, Boomer, I did throw something out West and I don't know if it was Vegas or LA or something, but just something to get us kind of into, into that side. Fresno,
2: something like
0: that. Fresno. Yeah. It's lovely this time of year. And I know that we had, we had some people responding that are like the coaches don't fly commercial, you know, they get on a, they get on a, uh, on a private plane, which defeats the purpose of the question. And also this is for players being able to fly in here too on a Saturday morning, you know, and that's always been a challenge to get kids into Lincoln, you know, in a quick manner on recruiting weekends during the season. And so uh, if you think of it that way, it is nice to have some direct flights that can come in. We used to have Atlanta when we had Delta, but uh, that went away. All right. Well, speaking of recruiting, March 25th is a big one here. Um, I'm not going to go through all the names, but uh, headlining it, Dylan Raiola, uh, a couple of four, five-star guys, a couple of four-star guys, a big weekend that's starting to get in the works here. I, I doubt that it's just going to end with these nine that are listed. Um, I think this is more to get us into a, a larger conversation about recruiting. And, you know, Adam, I'm going to bring you back into this now, you know, we've had this discussion a lot on the show i I don't want to get philosophical about what does a star mean but but how important are stars or how important is recruiting classes having a top 10 one to have a top 10 team top 15 or where do you definitely need to be in at the minimum to get to the place where i think all of us as fans want to be
3: well yeah well i mean recruiting is very important i mean you look at just straight up picking winners in, in college football right i think it's. 77% Seventy-seven percent. Now, my partner Dave Bartu too has this written down somewhere. He, he tracks this a little closer than I do, but seventy-seven percent of all of, of all winners you can, you can pick just from talent alone. Just who has the more talented roster? So that right there tells you, hey, yeah, the recruiting rankings they are not perfect. Um, there's different ways to go about it, but they do mean something. Um, as far as you know, getting where Nebraska wants to go. Um, the college football playoff. There's been only since it, now, before TCU you know got in this year. That was kind of a, a, a different story, and, and before Cincinnati lost a couple of years. Any team that has been like a, a threat in, 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 in the college football playoff was in the top ten uh, as far as roster talent over over the course of four years. So, if you're wanting to to to, to, to compete at a high level, you've got to get your, your your composite you know roster talent rating down into that top ten um i mean you're not going to go in and beat georgia or beat ohio state or beat alabama with a the, the 25th 30th you know ranked roster talent in the country that's that's no, most likely not going to happen and it's least likely to happen now that the, that the playoff is expanded because you're going to have to win three games in a row against some of those big some of those uh, more talented teams so um recruiting matters a lot you know i, I know people could try to downplay it and and and, and say, oh, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go find diamonds in the rough. And that's great to find a few of those, but you can't base your entire roster on diamonds in the rough. Yeah.
1: So a uh, couple questions, Adam. First, uh, <clears throat> could I could I get an email from you uh, for football season? So when I start gambling, <laughs> I can actually get some advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, secondly, um, so, like, how, how, how when you're talking about evaluating talent on rosters and recruiting numbers, uh, how does Matrix Analytical do that compared to, say, a Rivals or an on three? I mean, like, what what are you doing? Are, are you doing composite of some sort? Are you doing something different? I, I just want to understand the logistics of how you're how you're scoring and ranking uh, these teams and and the rosters. It's just purely uh, composite rankings from
3: from uh, from on three and from rivals and from two four seven. Um, over the yeah. past four years, um, and then we, 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 I mean, now that the the transfer portal is what it is, every year you have to go in and and and, and track where kids have gone, which is a, a task in itself. But every every year, more than more than the past, for for, for sure, that those those roster talent that roster talent is is ebb and flow. So yeah, uh, you know, but that that's how we do it, and, and and we we try to keep up with with the with the transfer portal the best we can. But yeah, it's it's just purely composite recruiting rankings. We don't do anything special.
1: Yeah. And are you using? uh, It's a little bit in the weeds, but I've noticed some of the uh, recruiting services now like re rank players in the transfer portal, opposed to just using their incoming freshman score. Is that is that what you're doing too? Or using that? Yeah. 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 It's really interesting to see how sometimes they get re ranked. Yeah. it It is. Yeah.
0: Do you find is there is there a big difference between rivals and you know 247 and ESPN? whatever the different ones that you, you use, do you notice a big difference between them? Or is there um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Are they are they pretty comparable, I guess, in most most cases?
3: Um, most cases are pretty comparable. Like within the top say 30 or 35 teams are pretty comparable. When you get down below that, that's when you start seeing your big inconsistencies, but just because of um, how those different sites rate their classes and, and how they come up with those ratings with with how many um, are in each of those uh, recruiting classes for some of those lower ranked teams. Um, so the top thirty five or top forty are usually pretty consistent. You get down past that, and it's it kind of starts to get a little wild after that. <laughs> but that's why we going use-
1: to say that. Like ESPN seems to be kind of like disassociating themselves a little bit from the from the recruiting rankings. They don't seem yeah. to be that much focused on that. I mean,
3: we don't we don't use ESPN at all. Yeah. We use yeah. 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 So it
1: makes mm-hmm. sense. You
0: know, the, there was a couple articles this weekend in the the World Herald Journal Star, and it was about how Nebraska, the state of Nebraska, the talent has 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 risen, or at least we're getting more scholarship offers. And I think some of this leads to the questions of is the talent better or is it just is the talent good and people are getting noticed now through things. We've had Glenn Snodgrass, the coach at uh, York, on, and we talked to him about this uh, last summer, and he talked about how important Huddle was in services like Huddle where a kid can be living out in Ainsworth like Carter Nelson is, a four-star tight end, and being out in Ainsworth, he can send out. He's an eight-man football player, and he can send out his video on Huddle and have coaches all over the place see it. Uh we talked with Steve Warren last last year and against you know Warren Academy and what services like the Warren Academy are doing, giving players these opportunities to to go to camps and get seen and just you know, help them with the recruiting process. All of that combined combined with good talent, and all of a sudden we've got a lot of schools coming into
3: uh to Nebraska to to get our players. Yeah, I mean, that's you're you're exactly right. I mean, when I when I grew up I grew up in rural Nebraska, right? And and back then there were kids I knew who were just, you know, they were country strong, big, strong guys. You know, they, 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 didn't, they weren't much in the weight room, but they threw bales all summer long. And, and mm-hmm. those dudes you didn't want to play football against. You hated, you hated lining up against those guys because they, they, you knew they were, it was going to be like hitting a piece of iron. Uh, those type of guys who just, they, 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 they never got exposed like they should have. And, and now, like you said, with Huddle and with some of these other – I mean, coaches, coaches are, are – like, for example, Coach Rule – He's got certain metrics he looks for. Okay, he looks for speed. He looks for a certain size of, of an offensive lineman he's looking for. If a kid is is hits those metrics, then uh, he he takes a closer look at him, right? And he 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 can teach the game of football to to that kid. But he looks for those certain <laughs> attributes. Coaches with that type of mindset are going to find more of those players because they're not locked into into um, um, necessarily what the kid is ranked on, 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 on those recruiting sites. They're, they're going to go out and they're going to, they're going to find these kids. And you'll see that a lot of these times after, a, after a coach like coach rule finds these kids and covers them, then the rankings come afterwards. So, I mean, it's, hmm. it's interesting. It,
1: quick question here, Adam. And, and I know, I know this is not what actually you do. I mean, you, you just said, I mean, you use a, a composite score from other recruiting services, but since you do uh, speak with, with coaches and, and, and work with various different athletic departments. Are you aware of, of schools that, or, or, or coaches that have like their own recruiting ranking system, essentially that, I mean, obviously they have the big board and they're just, they're doing their own self-evaluations of players, especially early in a process, but are they using metrics, just like how you, you know, support for, you know, making coaching searches and all those other things. Are they using metrics that same way kind of, uh, that the recruiting services, but they have their own like weighting system and all that type of stuff. Do you know?
3: Well, um, actually, we've actually done some work for some schools in the past um, where they've asked us, hey, what is the average height and weight of a kid coming out of high school who who um, who starts in the game in our conference? Okay, Right. And so we'll, we'll put that together for for a coach or an athletic department, and they will actually go out and use those metrics in, in recruiting. Um, they'll look for an offensive lineman who's between 6'3 and 6'6 and, and 260 and, 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 and 290. They'll, they'll look for, for kids in that size range, and that helps them filter it down and focus on those guys so there's not so much film to watch. Um, that's, that's, that's come across more than once, and we've done that for more than, more than one program. So that's, that's, um, is that kind of what you're asking? Is that what you're trying to Yeah, get
1: yeah, of? exactly. I mean, yeah. I would just try to think through, like, again, you're not the one doing this, but I imagine you would have seen or heard, um, you know, coaches that are using metrics in their own way, right? Exactly. opposed uh, mm-hmm. to just relying on, because the honky's point, we've always had a hard time defining how a rivals or a two, four, seven or a non three gets to their score, right Mm -hmm. it's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a black box because it's their like proprietary system Mm -hmm. right and and we've always tried to make the case of like well really good coaching staffs probably should be making their own evaluation if you're just looking at the on three board and saying oh i'm gonna go after those 20 linebackers because on three tells me they're good that's probably not a very good way to to recruit to your class you want to figure out how you want to recruit i was just wondering how much that they are doing that on a on a real metrics based standpoint
3: yeah, I think it's, it's, it's creeping into the game more and more, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, coaches are becoming more and more aware of, hey, um, yeah, we might find that diamond in the rough outside of that of the, of that size range, but let's play the 80-20 rule here. And, and, you know, if we miss out on that 20%, fine, but we're going to hit 80% of the time on the guys we're looking for. Yeah. And yeah. So, especially with um, how, how extensive the recruiting you know, uh, season is now. Coaches don't have time to go through and, and filter through, you know, 1,800 offensive linemen. It's no yeah. efficient for them to filter that down to, to 500, you know, and then really focus on those guys and get the guys out of there that, that fit their scheme and fit, fit their vision for what they're trying to do in, in each
1: program.
0: I think you definitely see staffs growing at Nebraska. I know we have the, the – tied with Michigan now with the largest mm-hmm. staff that's been hired. Um, yeah, I think sometimes with recruiting for me it's – one of the things that frustrates me a little bit is the it's the chicken or the egg thing. You know, if someone's a four star. Is it because some, you know, rivals or whoever, whoever it is? I'm not picking on one, but they, they identified this as a great player. Or I can recall a, a two star kid that came to one of the coaches clinics that I was at. He was being recruited by it was Mike Riley at the time. And uh, and this two star quarterback steps in front of the, the team after practice. And, you know, and he just gets introduced to the team. And then also I noticed Alabama, I think the next day offered him and suddenly he was a four-star. And it was like, you know, it was that kind of, that. it's that game of like, yeah, you know, I'm sure the, the well, he was kid was a quick learner, honky. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't magically, you know, all the more talented <laughs> the or anything. He just yeah. went from two to four stars over overnight. And you see things like that. Um, but in the state of Nebraska, this is an interesting year. This last one, we had eight kids that have come to Nebraska, which is, that's an amazing number to start with. But you live down in Oklahoma, Adam. And two of the kids we didn't get, one of them is is McIntyre from Fremont-Bergen going to Oklahoma. And then the quarterback of the year, the one that we didn't offer until Rule got here, is uh, going out there to Oklahoma State. And there's two more kids that went to Iowa State. So that's 12 kids going P5 from the state of Nebraska. And I don't see that going away now that the other schools are willing to come here and make relationships and, mm-hmm. and see that there's talent.
3: I mean, the talents, the talents, I mean, let's be real, the talents always been there in a the Metro. It's just been under underappreciated and under, mm-hmm. under under undervalued it's i think it's it's a gold mine that people are just starting to realize and you know i, I think when we heard coach rule and, and that staff say that hey um uh we need to lock this down that those are there's things that you'd like to hear i mean you mm-hmm. you want to hear a, a staff take pride and be a little territorial about their 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 home state and uh that'll be interesting going forward to see if we can capitalize a little bit on those on those relationships he's creating and, and keeps some of those kids in the state
0: mm-hmm. I say we because Adam if if people aren't aware of this and you've been on the show last year with us too Adams a husker fan in addition to the role that he that he has obviously with the matrix analytical so um it, it's uh it's interesting because um I know that, that this is a special program to you and and you said you're from small town Nebraska where are you
3: from uh, the, what area Beatrice Beatrice okay so I'm
0: Roca. I'm just just okay, barely yeah. north of you there.
3: Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. All right. Well, let's uh let's move on, and we're going to go to the second part of the tweets of the week, and this is going to be dealing with Matrix Analytical, what you uh, guys have done, what you do with working with coaches, working with you know football ops people and, and ads, and this is a tweet that you sent out on November 27th of uh, 2022. All of our thanks and appreciation to Athletic Director Trev Alberts for the honor of trusting us to be part of the process for Husker Football Nation. It was an intensely diligent process that left no data stone unturned. Congratulations, uh, Coach Matt Rule, and let's go big red. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, you, if, if anyone remembers the opening day <clears> press conference that when Coach Rule was announced, when Trev came up and talked, he actually mentioned early on. Um, something along lines of analytics. He didn't name you guys by by name, but he said, "You know, we worked with an analytics group." Well, it was you guys. Um, you guys also worked with, with Auburn this off season. Um, first of all, just what does it mean to you? I'm going to say this as a Husker fan, so because there's some things I know that are proprietary. We can't get into certain things when we're talking, but just as a Husker fan, as we mentioned earlier, what did it mean to you to to get that chance to work with Nebraska on such a, a monumental hire?
3: Oh man, it was uh, it was it, it, it was a blessing. It really was a blessing, but it still, it was it was it was a little bit more uh, a little bit more serious than the other, the other coaching searches i helped. helped. So I was like, okay, because I'm a season ticket holder. You know, I, I mm-hmm. we, we we go to as many games as, as we can get to get up there for. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, if I you know if if if, if I give bad data, if, I, if I'm feeding bad data to to Trev. I'm you know, I, not only am I gonna suffer for it, but the whole eighty thousand people in in, in tenants are are gonna suffer for it too. Gotta to get this right. Gotta get this right. So it's a lot of pressure than <laughs> just, you know, I mean, and I I I, I take it pride with with every program we 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 work with, trying to do the best we can for every client. But there is something special about when the when the home uh, home school comes calling and, and, and asks for uh, asks for assistance. That was that was really something truly special.
0: Mm-hmm. How different? It, without getting into specifics of this programs like this and this programs like that, how different is the job that you guys do from one school to the next? Is it are the processes very similar, or, or are you had ones where wow, this is so different working with this with school X versus school Y versus school Z? Well,
3: I, we we work, we worked with we worked with seven, eight seven. Uh, power, power seven uh, fbs programs this year in, in, in this off season so far and uh the five out of the five out of the power five and two out of the group of five and every one of them do, does things a little bit different um hmm. some athletic directors they will have their list ready to go that this is the list they want to work on they don't want to hear any outside names outside their list um, they just want to help us filter that list and, and help just be a tool to help them compare i mean we're they're dealing with a thousand piece puzzle and we are only three pieces of that thousand piece puzzle. So our job is to help them better see the, the picture that they, that they're trying to put together. Um, although we, we realize we're not the whole picture. I mean, we're just a, a tool in their toolbox to kind of help them filter the data that they, that they have at their fingertips. So um, <clears throat> other athletic directors will have uh, uh, a uh, short list, but they, they want us to, to, to add our recommendations to guys that we think should be on their list but aren't. Um, and then other athletic directors have come to us and said, "We got nobody. Give us every, <laughs> give us every, give us a, a top five, and we'll go through and, and we'll we'll run and discuss back and forth on, on on, on uh, who fits our culture, our program, and and uh, we'll, 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 we'll go from there." so it's it's very every every athletic director is different every athletic director has a different personality and their personality usually comes through in in their process and how they really handle their business with the with the programs that they're, they're representing
1: so with a an example where they're giving you a blank slate essentially yeah um i guess has has there ever been a situation where they literally don't give you any criteria and you just like list your top five or top 10 coaches that are available? Or has it always been more of a, of a conversation of like, okay, so tell me what you're looking for. And then we will we will craft our recommendations based off of like some some criteria just like that you want, right? From an experience or, um, you know, offensive philosophy or anything like that.
3: We've, we've done a little bit of both. There has been a couple times that we, this is our sixth year of doing this. Um, uh, there, there have been times in the past where there had there have been no criteria. The only, the first question we had to go in with was, "Hey, uh, what's our budget? What, what's your budget looking like? <laughs> what what what, you know, what names can we chase? What names are, are just you know not going to yeah. happen here?" And then that's our criteria. That's the only criteria we have is a budget, and we'll go out and we'll we'll form a list of ten to fifteen candidates for them with with that budget, and and we kind of use um, just just some not analytical data necessarily but just knowledge of, of their institution and say you don't want to necessarily pair a, a coach in the southeast who doesn't who's never coached in the southeast before
0: mm-hmm.
3: Only yeah. coached on the west coast <laughs> or in in, in in the northwest you don't want to do that so you, you want to kind of use some common sense in that in that aspect but but um yeah there's those blank slates those 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 usually end up into some some pretty wild nights pretty interesting <laughs> conversations
1: so. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, that's really interesting. Well, has there been, um, and I'm monopolizing the, the questions, guys, so boomers jump okay. in, but no, you're good. But like um, with the, the criteria, uh, when you're, let's, it's a blank slate, for example, what have you found are the most, uh, most telling metrics criteria for a successful coach? Right. Is there certain things that always kind of bubble up and you're like, oh, these two or three things characteristic wise are, are we're always going to look for. And then maybe you start to then from a geography or other things kind of start to narrow it down. What are the most significant criteria for, for a successful head coaching search?
3: One of the flags we look for first is just a progression, year over year progression. Um, when a when a coach takes a program over, you yes. don't want to see negative progression that's that's you don't want to see regression you don't right you see throughout his career no matter how many stops he's been at you want to see okay what's that first year look like and then how quickly does he build on that first year um and also you know it, it kind of kind of going into that as well is what did he take over what was he walking into um and 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 what did he do with the pieces that he was he was given to take off with there mm-hmm. um so progression is really the first analytics number we look at in a, in a coach, and it's, it's it's one that that uh, if, if there's over the course of a coach's career, if he shows a regression number there, I mean year over year regression, that's a big red flag. That's okay. This guy's maybe taking over some good situations and just kind of rode them out and sure. improved. You, you see that, guy. yeah. You don't want that guy. You want a guy who's who's taken over something and, and, and has, has been able to improve year over year over year on on what. Uh, on, on what he's he's been able to accomplish
0: that would seem to to be a, a good sign with coach rule where he has been in the past in <laughs> college football certainly um mm-hmm. and and that is something we've talked about we've joked about it a little bit with the percentages boomer i know you boomers our resident statistician and people will sit there and say he's a you know he's a career five hundred coach but it's he took over programs went one and ten and got to ten and one or eleven and one and so yeah that's going to average fifty percent but but it's to your point yeah. there have you left a place you know better than what you took over and you said earlier you said common sense and i think that that when i heard that the immediately the word that came to my mind which you hear a lot in these coaching searches is fit and mm-hmm. is it a good fit bad fit whatever and and i'm going to use two examples and and i'm just using them for reference you don't have, it's not about these two guys but coach rule at nebraska you hear a lot about him being a good fit and then you hear Dion going primetime, going to to Boulder and it being, is that a good fit? Is he, you know, he's from the Southeast. Is he going to fit in and into the Pac-12 fit, fit becomes, you know, that's the word that we hear. So I'm going to reference what I said earlier about stars and recruiting. You know, what does a star mean? Well, to you, what does fit mean? And and is that something, do you guys have a, a, you know, a fit analytics, you know, an analytic for fit or, or how do you guys kind of clarify what
3: fit is with a coach to a, to a school? Well, it all comes back to you know. It all comes back to recruiting. Okay, you don't want to put a coach in a say. That's a good example. Okay, um, for example, Mike Riley when he was up up really humming at Oregon State. Okay, you wouldn't have never taken him and put him at Florida State. Mm-hmm. It just it, all his recruiting, all his relationships were in, in on the West Coast and and and, and, and Pacific Northwest you're not going to take that guy, put him down in Tallahassee and expect him to be able to hire guys that know the area quickly and be able to put together a good recruiting plan in a place. He's never been in a place that, that, uh, uh, <laughs> Abby, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you're not going to do that because it's that, that, that doesn't fit that. You're, you're setting that coach up for failure. You should, you set you're setting that, that, that program up for failure, you know, um, um another example of this would be someone like you're not going to take um oh let's let's think of another one here you're not going to take well I can't think of this another is, off, off my head.
1: Adam it's I got I got a joke I can insert here this is kind of like not uh trying to fit honky into a size 34 jeans right <laughs> Well, depending on the
0: year and the you
3: know, <laughs> time of year. I am unfamiliar I, with Hawk's waistline,
0: so. I was
3: a lot closer to that
0: back in October, and then, you know, now. Yeah, darn things, how it is, yeah. You know, hey, man, things
1: change. I just go with it's the flow. You know? <laughs> Good point, hockey. Yeah.
2: I, I had a question, come. Adam, when it comes to analyzing coaches, and, you know, we can use Rule as an example of this, uh, where you're looking at a coach – previously coached in college and hasn't for a few years, how do you, you know, given the changes with like NIL and transfer portal and things they may not have dealt with as a prior coach, how do you take that into account when you're evaluating a current coach or assistant or whatever?
3: Well, that's, that's kind of outside the lines for us analytically, because you don't know what that coach has been paying attention to and what he is, is privy to and not privy to. Um, As far as guys coming from the NFL who have been out a little while, NFL is so different from college as far as just, just the game itself. It's, it's anything that a coach has done in the NFL, we leave that alone. That's, that's, we almost treat like a completely different sport. Okay. Um, we look at uh, if a coach is coached at the FCS level, what would we take that into consideration um, and, and the FBS level, anything outside of that, it, it, it doesn't, play into our metrics at all because it, it it's you're you're comparing apples and oranges at that point. Now yeah. as far as how NIL and how that kind of stuff uh impacts we we don't know that yet. Um we, we don't know what a coach has has been paying attention to. We don't know what he's learned um um uh in in in, in, in the offseason and 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 uh actually putting together his staff. Uh so we kind of stay out of those discussions that we don't have any numbers for. We don't have any any opinion on honestly.
1: That's interesting. And sense of someone like Lance Leipold, like at Wisconsin Whitewater, it doesn't really fit into your into your to your metrics per se. No, he
3: he his career at Wisconsin Whitewater. We don't take that into account. He his our database he, starts when he got to Buffalo.
1: Yeah, oh, okay. It's still good for him, but not exactly. nearly as good as winning six titles in seven years there at exactly. that level. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting.
0: Exactly. Hmm. Well, you mentioned NFL, and I'm just going to move on to the to the next question, but we can just keep this conversation going about, about what we've been talking about. But this was another tweet, and this is from your partner in crime there, Dave Bartu, and he was on the show. What I thought was interesting is last summer when you guys were both on the show together, you said that was the first time you guys were ever on a – even like on a video call together? Is that is that right? That, yeah. That we were the first time that you guys were ever together like face-to-face?
3: It was, yeah. We It's funny because Dave and I talked probably – Two to three times a day, okay. But we, huh. we, uh, we, we don't you know. We, we never FaceTime. We never. The first time we ever actually talked live <laughs> was on you guys' show last year. So well, that's, that's amazing. Good. That's yeah. crazy. Well, he
0: tweeted out today. Um, this was in reference to a, a tweet from the Athletic, and the Athletic said uh, they were talking about the New York Giants staff. So this is the NFL connection um, that uh, rather than rely on old friends and former colleagues, Brian Dabble Uh, cast a wide net for his assistants. The result is a coaching staff that helped the Giants to their first playoff win since 2011. And Dave retweeted that and quote tweeted, it said, uh, started the concept in the FBS three years ago, now moved into 17 FBS teams and the NFL. Best available is better than the best available buddy. And that's a discussion I know that we've had in Nebraska as fans, uh, whether it was the last staff, everyone coming with uh, Coach Frost from UCF, or with this staff, you know, is there too many buddies coming in? Or what, what's the right blend of, you know, this is somebody I've worked with. This is somebody's kid that I've worked with. You know, this is a, <laughs> this is a, a longtime high school coach that I've coached with. And then there's also guys that I haven't, you know, worked with before. Rayola, the uh, White, the de- new defensive coordinator. And so what's the blend there? How do you kind of, uh, you know, how do you gauge that? What kind of analytics do you do on that when it comes down to uh, the friend factor?
3: Well, you know that's kind of what we developed our, our 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 whole model for was to to kind of go against the whole buddy hire thing because there's so many talented coaches who are out there who are without a job right now as we speak just because they don't they didn't network well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're terrific at their jobs. They had terrific results, and they may be a part of part of a staff that was let go, and then they just kind of got forgot. You know, they're, 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 they're at a high school somewhere or, or that they're at a vision two school somewhere, or they're at an FCS school somewhere when they deserve to be at a power five school because that they're not good of a coach. Um, but they don't, they don't have the network to do that. Those are the guys that we pull in and, and, and we like to represent. And we, we actually take the top 60% of those coaches in our, in our, in our database. And, and, and we, we will market them and try to get them out there to get hired. I mean, just last week, we talked to a, to a wide receiver coach who's now at an FCS program, who two years ago was up for, you know, football scoop wide receiver coach of the year. And now oh, wow. his, 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 his staff was let go, and he just kind of got lost in the shuffle. He didn't network well, and now he's at a lower tier FCS school and trying to work his way back up. You know, and he's, he's a talented wide receiver coach, but he does not have that, net, that connectivity. Those are the type of guys we're trying to help. We're trying to push to the forefront here. Now you talk about the the, the correct blend. You got to have guys on your staff who understand your vision who and who will pull your direction. Um, but you also can't be afraid to go out and hire guys who are maybe smarter than you, and can bring some fresh ideas and, and can mm-hmm. bring some um, so, some things that you that you may that maybe challenge you a little bit to 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 to, to think of things in, in, in new ways um now there's a there's a cautionary tale there don't bring too many alphas in at the same time because not every you can't have of your 10 headsets you can't have seven of them who are who who are aspiring to be a head coach right away because you're going to have heads butt and you're going to have guys who are are more worried about what they're doing affects their career you know going forward than actually what is what may be good for the team so Mm it's a delicate blend there you got to have some, some big personalities for sure. You know, your defensive coordinator, those guys have to be leaders. They got to be, you know, um, and I know you guys have talked to Damon Bing before. Um, he says something that I really, I really agree with. And I, I mean, we we really have have seen in the past five to six years is, you know, head coaches teach coordinators, coordinators, teach position coaches, position coaches, teach players. That's that, that, that's, uh, that hierarchy seems 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 to work the best. So you can't have mm-hmm. position coaches who are undermining your coordinators. You can't have coordinators who are under undermining your head coach. You got to have all these guys who, 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 who if, if if they don't necessarily have the same vision, they respect the hierarchy and they're and they're, they're able to pull in the same direction.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think you made a really good point there with like when you're when you're bringing that staff together to not be afraid to to look outside and not be afraid to to bring somebody that can be smarter smarter and, and and add some value there right and i think as fans we get stuck a lot of times on well it needs to be this person because it just needs to be this guy is definitely he's the the home run hire how many times have we heard that the can't miss and yeah. th- there are some words that we've kind of struck from the the lexicon the redcast lexicon from from you know the from this time moving forward home homer and hire would be one of them but you know even just as recent as a couple of months ago you know i'm guilty of saying it that Boy, if we don't have Coach Bush or Coach Joseph come back, you know, it's going to it's going to blow up the the, the team and, and we're going to lose all these guys. And, you know, we it's it's a non-negotiable. We have to have, you know, X, X guy come back. And here we are with the right coaching staff coming in and bringing in guys that in some cases we'd never even heard of. And yet. Uh, it didn't blow up the team. We have a hundred. In fact, we have a hundred and five guys right now in scholarship. <laughs> we have to get down because get we you know, we've had so many. And so sometimes the way the things play out aren't aren't uh, always the way that uh, you can predict that way. But uh, we've talked a about a lot of different analytics. I think I'd be remiss, and David would, David would want me to show this. So I will. Do you have a, a doppelganger? Uh, analytic, you know, <laughs> analytics or anything based off it's of that? Like
1: ninety some- percent accurate here. <laughs> Can you find crazy. someone that looks more like Matt Rule?
3: Have, have you guys you guys have been seeing the same room before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. So my
0: uh I oh geez, it's I don't know it's photoshopped. If <laughs> I have a I went to that the the welcoming uh press conference that day uh mm-hmm. for Coach Rule and I was standing right next to him and I got a photo, a selfie with him in, behind me. So uh okay. we were in the same photo. It's it's official.
1: <laughs> Back to the metrics. <laughs> yes, go I for mean, it. um I'm I'm interested on actually like yeah what goes into ranking these assistant coaches. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. intriguing. I think I saw you yeah guys tweet out I think it was uh, Coach Fisher, um, obviously on our, our old staff, just got hired at Syracuse and he was you guys said he was like a top thirty defensive backs coach or something mm-hmm. like that. And to your to your point of like ranking these. So tell us a little bit more about actually how you rank these assistant coaches on their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking into factor things like the talent that they have, you know.
3: Okay, yeah, I mean, it's – we're about to get nerdy here. All right, so – That's all right. That's what we brought you on, man. <laughs> so, okay, so the database that we keep is is massive, and we have every play that's been called since 2009, okay? We have every, um, every on-field coach, you know, we, we know where, where they were at since 2009. We take every play, for example, let's say we're, we're grading running backs. All right. Every single time a running back got the ball, what happened? Was he tackled for a loss? Did he get three yards? Did he get 10 yards? Did he get 15 yards? What happened when that running back got that ball? And how did that running back room progress every year as far as those play, those per play metrics? How did those, that, those running backs progress in his room while he was there? Um, how many draft picks did did he did he develop? And what, what were those draft picks you know, ranked coming out of high school? Did he develop those guys? These are all things that, that that go into grading a guy, not just over a season, but over the entire career that he's put together.
1: Right.
3: Um, and then we and then we take that and we we, we, we put a, some, some weighting on it to, to, to take care of um, we call it roster talent uh, difference. RTD. It's um, um, what the talent you have on hand on your roster. How does it compare to the talent that you are normally facing in, in, in a college football game and in a college football season? Some 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 coaches have the the luxury of having Georgia talent, and they have yeah. you know just an embarrassment of riches, and they have the best talent you know week in and week out every time they hit the field. Other coaches don't, and they have to they have to develop those guys and beat guys who uh, across the, across the field from them who have better talent. Um, you want to look for the guys who, who, who are, who are able to take that lesser talent and still have the results that uh, reflect well compared to the, 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 the entire country and also with their peers in their own talent level. So we, we take all mm-hmm. those things together. We throw them in a formula, we shake it up and it spits out a, a, a grade on each coach. Um, and, and, like I, I, I talked about earlier, how we we look for coaches who are in the top sixty, you know, the top sixtieth percentile um, uh, in our database, and that 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 means okay, if a running back coach is somewhere and he is in the top sixty percent, that means he's better. He he's better than sixty percent of all the other of all the other um, um, running back coaches since two thousand nine. We want to help that guy find a job um, somewhere because he's he's good. He deserves it. His 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 career has proved that he can take you know players and develop them and 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 get results year in year year in year out at his talent level and maybe be even below or above his talent level so um, it's a massive database it's huge um, i actually had to buy dave and i both had to buy new new computers who could handle it <laughs> otherwise it was like hit and then we would go eat lunch come back and see what calculated for us i mean it was it, <laughs> Massive undertaking.
1: It's, it's um, like the Whopper computer from uh, War Games or something. feels yeah. like, <laughs> it was like you, sometimes
0: you but said yeah. uh, you said two things there. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned uh, if a team has Georgia talent, so on mm-hmm. one side, and then you know how do you develop talent? And right now with Nebraska, of all things, we brought in some Georgia talent, namely three transfers from Georgia, three transfers from Florida, too. So six transfers right there from from the uh, from big time you know blue blood kind of SEC teams. But on top of that, you mentioned the development factor. Is that something you know? I guess not. With, not a specific ranking, but I guess do you rank that? I mean, does does Coach Rule have a ranking that is associated with development and how well he develops? Is that one of the analytics that you guys can track, or or, or how do you gauge uh, you know whether they are good development coaches or not?
3: Well, maybe not Coach Rule specifically because we only we, we attribute um uh the de- development to the position coaches okay. um so for example uh um <clears throat> coach joseph okay who I, 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 a wide receiver coach i think uh we had it now off the top of my head i think it was like one out of every three wide receivers that he recruited and signed to, to his class was going to get drafted in the first two rounds wow. that's incredible That's pretty good uh, That's incredible. That's, you know, that's, that's high end. Okay. That's high end development. That's, that's what, that's what we look at for high end development there. Um, Another guy similar to that. Let's, let's, let's talk about. um,
1: Adam, um, I'll throw a name out. I'll throw a name out. How about uh, Brian friends? Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't mean to laugh like that. (laughs)
1: That's
3: why I asked. No, he's, he's. Offensive line and tight
0: end coach, he's great. Yeah, yeah. As a, I was going to say, as a position coach developing, I mean that. Yeah, you know he he's crapped on for all the right reasons as an OC, but geez, yeah. talent or tight
1: end wise, that's tight yeah. end you. So, but as OC, it's a little different story. But you only write position coaches, is that right? Because they're the one developing the talent. So the OC yes. or DC wouldn't have that. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. Yep. All right. Yep. Well, still good for the joke.
0: <laughs> uh boomer do you have any questions you've been you've been awfully quiet boomer, i've just been monitoring boomer, our chat and all that. <laughs> uh, no no it's all right
2: well i, I know adam you, you guys do this for football have you thought about branching out into basketball or baseball anything like that other college sports
3: or i know Sweet. it's
2: such <laughs> you can get new computers you know front of yeah. right now.
3: <laughs> we've actually talked about it molded over but dave and i both you know, we, we got into this, this you know, labor of love nine years ago when we started developing this because we love football. We love the game of football. We had a passion for it. Um, we don't have that same love for these other sports. So it's harder to, you know, on, on those days where you're just grinding on this database, trying to keep it up to date when the coaching carousel is going crazy and coaches are moving mm-hmm. every day and uh, you got to keep up with it. That's not something we were willing to do for some of these other sports. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a lot of labor, um, especially this time of year and, 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 you know, and, and keeping up with, with roster talent and, and things like that, we wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't be able to fairly replicate this in any, in any other sport and, and do it justice. Mm-hmm. Fair.
2: You know, and, you- have you ever been approached? I know you'd mentioned earlier, you talked primarily FCS, FBS programs. Have you ever been approached by a division two program or NAI, anything like that uh, for services or
3: anything? Not yet. We haven't. Um, now we've had coaches from the NAIA, NAIA and division II contact us and want to want to know where they were ranked in our database and if, if we could help market them. And, and, yeah. and yeah, we, we, FCS is the lowest level that we're able to grade position coaches and grade coordinators and coaches. So at this time we, we, we would just tell them, Hey, um, we don't have any data for you until you hit the FCS level. At that point in time, we can start evaluating you and, uh, uh, if you hit that, that, you know, our threshold of the top, top 60%, then, then we can, then we would be, we would we, be glad to market you. Um, but anything below that, then, then it's, it's, uh, it's, it's getting into the weeds a little much.
0: So to give it like an example, like coach Ryan held, who was with Nebraska for you know, a number of years and he's in your database because he was at UCF, he was at Nebraska, Last year he was at North Alabama, so that would be FCS, I believe. So he still would be in it, but now he's the head coach at UNK. So for as long as he's going to be there, there would just be a gap, yeah. so to speak, in your database until if he came back into FBS at some point, there would just be a however many year gap while he's at Division two.
3: Exactly. Yep. Exactly.
1: Okay. And then sure. with Nebraska coaches like Terrence Knighton or Garrett McGuire, you just don't have any. Their data zero right now.
3: Yep, a zero. They're 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 a blank slate. Yep, those guys. This yep, yeah. those guys are coming in with 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 no FBS or FCS experience. They're blank slates. We all have an opinion on them either way. Um, so,
1: well, mm, we'll
0: see. <laughs> <laughs> is I mean, is it is what Nebraska staff has right now? Is this unique in the number <laughs> at, at, at an FBS level? Is it unique that we have a number of guys that don't have any data night and uh, McGuire Bob Wager, you know, has been a, a long time, very successful high school coach in Texas, but there just isn't any data with them. Is that unique that that uh, Nebraska has, you know, a, a decent chunk of our of our staff that way, or do you see this a lot of times, or are, are there a lot of staffs that have three, four guys that don't have any data on them?
3: Well, um, Nebraska, uh, I think when we when we ran the numbers, I think they're the sixteenth uh, most inex. Experience, not inexper- I don't want to say inexperienced. It's not what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. They are, they're, they're, they're the staff with the least amount of FBS, FCS experience in the country, 16th. Six, I think they're ranked 16th of the most inexperienced, if, if that's the correct word. That's not the correct okay. word. Um, they're young staff. There's a lot of elements we really, really like about it. Coach Rule, um, you know how I talked about, we don't track their uh, development of, of players, but we do track the, the head coach's ability to hire assistants and, and what those assistants go on to do later. Coach Rule has an impeccable track record of, of finding guys like this, and they turn out to be excellent assistants. I um, mean, you, you look at like uh, Elijah Robinson down at Texas AM, um, excellent defensive line coach. He started with Coach Rule. Um, you have Fran Brown at, at Georgia who started out with Coach Rule, who's an excellent defensive bass coach. There's numerous guys like mm-hmm. that who was able to go. And, Joey
1: McGuire,
3: right? Yeah, ex- exactly. At the Texas Tech, um, he's able to pluck out of seeming thin air, um, who are really good guys. So you know, Coach Rule, he, he has that cover as far as finding young guys who are hungry and and are, who who are able to to live up to the standard he he, he needs them to. Um, there's a few young guys on the staff that we we do have grades for. We love. We love uh, uh, Barthol. We love uh, uh, Cooper. Those are both young coaches who we, we, um, we, we love their arc and their career so far. They, they have the potential, the potential to be superstars. Um, coach White is the same way. He's, he's young. He's, he's early on his career. We love his arc. Um, uh, Ed Foley is a great special teams coach. So he, he's, he's done. Mm-hmm. Although the, the, the staff is extremely young. There are elements of it that, that we really do like uh, as far as um, what we're able to to, to rate. Mm, and I know we're we're
0: happy with having two coordinators that are coming from P5 schools as coordinators. I mean, that's that's something for us. Uh, I, I think that we're really uh, pleased with the the level and the experience of the coordinators that we have coming in. Um, you mentioned 16th most inexperienced is that at the P5 level or is that at all of FBS how it's the 16th out of what 16th most inexperienced out of how many
3: of uh, FBS all 130 all 130 so, FBS okay they average 2. Point, I guess 2.7 years of FBS FCS experience per on-field coach
0: okay do you do anything with strength and conditioning coaches any kind of rankings there or is that not uh, not applicable
3: no, we really haven't found a – I mean, we've we've tested that for the past two to three years trying to find a, a, a reliable way to, to kind of measure what's going on there and, and who is responsible for what. And there just really isn't a good way to do that right now that we feel comfortable in actually um, using for, 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 for schools to hire those guys. Usually those guys are um, – are guys the head coach has to have a pretty intimate relationship with because they have – the team, the majority of the time. So mm-hmm. the coach that has to trust that guy with his team for, for the majority of the year. Um, that's not somebody that we feel at this point, we have the, the type of data we can go mm-hmm. and say definitively, this guy is better than that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we won't do that until we've tested it. And, and we're confident of that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the coaches that, well, the only coach that has been retained from last year was uh, Donovan Rayola at uh, offensive line, and that led to some you know early questions from Husker fans that were, were concerned about the O-line a year ago. Now, when Coach Rule was asked about it, his response was that he he teaches the scheme exactly the way that I want, that there's three different – he was specific down to there are three different styles of blocking schemes, and he coaches the style that I like. Now let's get into the weeds there of, of, of coaching X's and O's there when you guys are breaking down something like an offensive line coach for somebody, mm-hmm. do you break it down at that level that the, there are, whether it's three different styles or some people think there's two or some people think there's four, but however many different styles there are, let's just say zone and 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 gap mm-hmm. blocking schemes. I mean, yeah. you break it down to that level where it's like, look, you're looking for zone. We're going to pull from these 10 coaches and we're going to exclude these 10 that aren't zone guys. Or how do you, uh, how do you do it with that? I'm, I'm using O-line as the example, but you could use, mm-hmm defensive back coaches who are zone versus man or whatever. I mean, there's other examples.
3: I'd like to have like a really cool, flashy answer for you here and say, yeah, we do this and this and this and we watch so much film, but honestly, we don't watch any film. We're not football. <laughs> We're not X's and O's guys. We're yeah. nerds with a spreadsheet. <laughs> and, and, and we, we have the, the numbers when you say, okay, the, this guy's numbers over his career say he's really good. He can coach offensive line. I don't know what scheme he runs. I, I know his coaching history. I know he's an air raid guy typically. So those guys, you know, we will try to match with air raid offensive coordinators. Okay, mm-hmm. just an overarching philosophy. All right, you're not going to go in and you're not going to take oh, uh, um, oh, let's say a Stanford's offensive line coach to, to go and, and and be to be um, uh, oh uh, Phil Longo's offensive line coach, right? Because Phil Longo, he's, he's, he's more air raid. He's, he's not the same type of – he's not going to want to line up and mash people the way the old Stanford teams did, right? That's not going to be a match. So we will look at lineage a little bit and say, okay, this guy's lineage kind of matches up. But as far as X's and O's, yeah, we stay out of all that. We're, we let the coaches kind of that's, – that's when we, we give them the list um, and, and they say, okay, these guys are good. Those guys don't fit what I'm trying to do here. And that's that's cool. you know. And typically the way – the way it is with the position coaches, we'll get a list of about three or four guys that the head coach really likes, and we will evaluate them for them and then add two or three guys we think would, would, would be good bits from the, uh, the criteria that the, that, the, that the list they've already given us kind of match.
0: Hmm. You know, put your football, your Husker fan hat on for a second. Do you have a, uh, you know, the fullbacks coming back. Uh, are you a run the damn ball guy, you know, as a fan, you know, for, forget the, you're you're not uh, supporting any other schools right now. You're, you're a Husker fan. What do you want to see on the field?
3: Just to, absolutely, uh, man. Let's, let's get the fullback back. Let's see some ISO. Let's see some, yeah. I mean, I grew up the same time frame you guys did. I, I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the games were close in the first, second quarter. And then by the third quarter those holes were, you could drive a truck through them because we just had pounded people into submission. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to get back to. I want to see good defense. I want to see a good, you know, a grinding out ground ground game with some play action pass off of it. Um, That's, that's, that's the kind of football that I want to see, you know,
1: Hmm. Uh,
3: that's what I'm partial to.
1: I got one more question, Honky, if, if you don't mind. Yeah,
3: Um, I'm
0: done. You can, you go with yours.
1: Just this one and and maybe it'll help Adam, the little self-promotion, I guess, if, because you know, like most FBS coaches, obviously listen to the RedCast, so <laughs> it's a big opportunity. But you talked a little bit about your like the start, right? The genesis story of Matrix Analytical. I was just trying to like put it in my head. I think it says like nine years ago you guys started this with with Dave Bar and then like you've been doing this for six years, maybe like publicly, and you have this gigantic database you had to collect. Could you talk a little bit about like how you how you how you started uh, to uh, as you establish that database, start to run numbers to try to be predictive on like, on, oh, is this guy going to be a good fit? Or I mean, like, uh, how, how do you start to like work on figuring out how your formula was was going to help, um, whether it's a, a coaching hire or, or a, uh, you know, um, uh, player development or anything that type of thing? How do you work through that? That's a really, I mean, you don't have to get too nerdy on that, but I think it's pretty intriguing that you're able to like, work out the system so you felt that confident that you could start like promoting it
3: well yeah like i said we we developed the system nine years ago right and then we, we 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 tracked it for three years and we watched it for three years we, we we said okay according to the way we're doing things here this coaching staff should should pop and when it did pop that's you know we're like okay that worked um, <laughs> <laughs> or you know the more conversations with coaches that we had, we said, hey, we think this guy, this guy and this guy and this guy is good. What do you think? Are we on the right track? And, and they would say, uh, yeah, that's those guys are those guys are legit. You guys are on the right track. So the first three years was a lot of testing, just a lot of observation, a lot of, OK, um, what went wrong here? If it didn't work, what can we what can we improve? um and and how accurate do we need this thing to, to be to be before we we actually uh, um, put it out there you know nothing is going to be hundred percent predictive uh that's not you know but we, we kind of go with the 85 15 rule where if we're right 85 percent of the time yeah that's good for us you know we're not going to be right every time it's just it's just or it's just not going to it's just not going to happen so um once we got to that point where we were comfortable where we're 80 85 percent of the time we were we were going to be correct then that's when we started to go into coaches and saying, Hey, we can help you with this. Um, give us a shot. And, and we had one athletic director um, six or seven years ago that said, Hey, um, you guys are different. You talk different. Um, I want to bring you in and, and, and uh, help me out with, with my head coach's defensive coordinator hire. Yeah. He wants, he wants this guy. Um, what do you guys think? And we, and we were honest. We said, do not hire that guy because he's not. <laughs> he's going to be terrible. And uh, and they, the guy didn't listen to us. He went ahead and hired the guy anyway, and he fired him the very next year because he was horrible. And their athletic director said, hey, they said this was going to happen exactly the way it happened um, for the reasons they said it was going to happen. Um, let's go back to them, and we're going to listen to him this time. And we did, and we, and we nailed their next hire for him And then – That athletic director started talking to other athletic directors. Yeah, that kind of of spread. So
1: it's pretty cool. It's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Has there ever been like an outlier where you're like, man, this should totally work, and it just like totally didn't work, and you have no explanation?
3: (laughs) There's there's been a couple of those. Yeah, Uh, um, a few years back, we and that's kind of where where we learned the whole um, too many chiefs on the same staff is not good. You know, too too many on the same staff is not good. There was a, there was a, uh, you know, and we've kind of cautioned recently. We've kind of cautioned some some schools against that, and they've some have listened to us, some some haven't. But a few years back, we absolutely stacked a coaching staff with guys that were just, you know, they were just phenomenal position coaches and coordinators. But they got along with oil and water. It was it was a terrible environment for for that coaching staff for that year. There was arguments consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, about philosophy and the way things work and it didn't go well <laughs> you know and we, we learned a good lesson there that hey there's got to be some you know synergy here between you know these coordinators and these position coaches and these head coaches otherwise you get too many guys who have the same ambition to be a head coach too quickly and you can't have eight head coaches on a, on a football staff it doesn't work it, it doesn't work mm-hmm. so you gotta have a, a hierarchy there just you know like i said i mentioned damon benning's I was saying earlier, and that's exactly right. That we've kind of found to be true. So, mm. hey, I have,
0: I do have one question that came about as you were just talking here. It, you were mentioned like sometimes things can be like an outlier. We've had one just strange outlier for the last five years but under the frost era. Was all these close losses, the, the one score losses, the the most by a far amount from the number two team over the course of that time period. Is there a certain analytic or analytics and multiple ones that, that can help explain why we lost so many close games and maybe are the things that we would try to focus on to, you know, next year not lose those same games by the, the one score, but to actually flip it and win it by a score? Is there is, is there anything that you can come out of looking at the scores, the games, the analytics, anything that you can kind of take out of it to say that, yeah, these are our one or two or three big problem areas over that, that time period.
3: Well, I think the low hanging fruit people would want me to say is culture wasn't there, you know, that magic word, but I don't necessarily, that, I mean, that's, that's hard to put your finger on. I mean, what is <clears> a good culture? What is culture? You know, what culture there's, there's totally, there's totally different philosophies across the country on culture there and all are successful. I mean, the, there are multiple different philosophies on culture are successful. Um, so, a lot of that was just, I mean, it was just circumstances, bad luck. Um, I mean, that many close losses in a row. Yeah, um, that, that there, there is a reason for that, but there, there, there's not a reason that I can point to with analytics and say, that's the culprit. That's why this happened this way. That's mm-hmm. why, as a, as, a, as a fan base, we suffered through five years of this. You know, <laughs> and believe me, if there was a way to find it, I would have tried to find it and would have found it, <laughs> would have been yelling at the top of my lungs by now from every social media outlet I could find. Mm-hmm. but but uh, uh there there's really not and, and and for me to come on and say that there is and that uh, we'd found one it would just be you know misleading so'm <laughs> yep. questioning question that oh.
2: I just curious you know if you did have a coach that had that kind of history is that something you would note in your analytics that we can't explain why but this guy loses close games or something to that effect there is
3: yeah we, we do we do keep track of that I and mean, that's some that is you know is is regression i mean for for, Mm -hmm. for the talent profile that that nebraska has had for the past five years they should have been a much better team but when you compare this talent profile to other teams with a similar talent profile compared you know relative to who they play Mm -hmm. they underperformed vastly um it wasn't near the mark that that the expected win totals just were not there Mm -hmm. uh and i'm not pointing any fingers about you know whose fault it was or whatever that's that's water on the bridge but but um the fact remains that it it was they they horribly under under underperformed
0: well and that's and that's true i mean last summer when we had you guys on the wind projection Mm -hmm. for last year was was going to be seven and it was Mm -hmm. like it was like 7.9 really and then. You even contacted me like a week later and you're like nope uh, we switched something with the purdue game you guys are gonna we're gonna win eight you know and it was like "Yay!" Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly
3: that's, that's a perfect example is yeah. you know and 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 uh well, for that win pro for, for the talent profile and for the returning production profile that they had that's what they were should have won um yeah. and you know it, it didn't happen and and they got fired because of it I mean it's well, and you it's, think about yeah. that they yeah.
0: they finished four and eight yeah. and yet when you know you had a double digit lead in the third quarter against northwestern double digit lead in the fourth quarter against wisconsin a double digit lead at halftime against minnesota you know who's who's predicting a loss to georgia southern and you go down the list and you go without really even being that much better and this gets back to that that first question i had about like you know what's the i don't know if you can put an analytic around it but how did we lose so many stinking close games i mean just those four games i just mentioned right there are ones where it's like well there's your 8 and 4 if yeah, you just, exactly. if you don't collapse, you know, in, in some of those games, it's just, it's bizarre. And I don't, I don't have an analytic for it either. I, well, I mean, I have a lot of words for it, but <laughs> 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 we're a PG show. So, yeah. All
1: right. All right. This has been great. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Talk um, Red yeah. Redcasters, if you like this, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button, you know, uh, ring the bell for future shows, all that good stuff. But uh, that really helps us out. So definitely thank you for watching, but uh, yeah, that's a, it's a and
1: great follow time. Adam uh, on Twitter, right? Yes.
3: yes. At, at, Kyle, at CFS. CFS professor, or you can, you can follow um, matrix analytical at uh, matrix. At, I think CFB analytical, I think is what it is now. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I was going to say it,
0: it's in your description on your Twitter page, but it, it, the link is going to to a page that's broken, so you may want to take a oh, look at that right. when you're done. Yeah, I will. I'll do that. Yeah, because yeah, I was trying to find it and I clicked on it. I was like, Oh, this is this is broken." Right. So- word
1: of mouth is more important <laughs> advertising than Twitter for <laughs> yeah, these yeah. guys. good they are.
0: Apparently, it is. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's get to the parting shots, and let's go with Boomer.
0: Well,
2: as uh, loyal listeners know, uh, the not only are Husker sports the passion of the Redcast for Australian Rose Football, but also pro wrestling. And a little sad news from the world of pro wrestling this week. Uh, Jerry Jarrett passed away, uh, mm. father of current wrestler uh, Jeff Jarrett, and also well noted for as the uh, owner, manager, and often booker of uh, Memphis Wrestling back in the heydays of the 70s and 80s. In terms of just names in pro wrestling, he's probably one of the biggest ones, most responsible for the world of wrestling, or pro wrestling as we know it, bringing in music videos to TV shows, responsible for the careers of a wide variety of wrestlers like Jerry Lawler, Dutch Mantel, Bill Dundee, Rock and Roll Express, Sting, the fabulous ones, Jimmy Hart, Jim Cornette all got their start there. Announcer Lance Russell, among others. Uh, I know
0: three of those names, I
2: think. Yeah, (laughs) Eh, you know more than you think. If if you broke them down, Anki, you know more than you thought. And he really (laughs) kind of brought that new aspect of, rather from the old staged 50s, 60s style of wrestling, really brought in that kind of modern televised soap opera-esque aspect of pro Hmm. wrestling where you had like the... Two concession stand brawl, which is legendary, or really reached its peak with uh, Jerry Lawler's feud with Andy Kaufman, which you know, oh a yeah, pinnacle the- on uh, the da- David Letterman show. I mean, yeah. that was you know, classic, classic wrestling footage. So, yeah, he's just and he worked with WCW, WWF, and just way influential in the world of pro wrestling. And so, our thoughts go out to the Jarrett family and the entire Memphis wrestling community here at the Red Caps.
1: All right, Honky, try to top that. Oh well, <laughs> um, I-, I wanted
0: to mention. Uh, I know she's been in our mentions here today watching uh, but Abby, Abby something on, on Twitter. She uh she has she does work with you guys at uh, at college football or at Matrix Analytic Analytical and uh, she's been on the show. She's she's one of our, our husk girls and and, and she's a, a real good friend of the Redcast. Uh so uh shout out to Abby there. And uh my other parting shot is just uh, you know, for all the I don't know what it's gonna be like in Oklahoma tomorrow. Uh, but it's going to be cold in this area, and uh, we're going to get some snow finally. Lincoln has has uh, only had like three inches or something. It's like one of the least amount of snowfall years that we've we've had in the history, and so we actually could use some. But it sounds like we could be getting somewhere between like four and eight inches uh, over the overnight or over the next day. So, anyways, uh, just stay warm and uh, go big red.
1: All right, a uh, 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 wrestling. Memorial and a weather forecast. There you go, Adam. As That's our guest, you podcast. can take us out of here. What, what, what do you got?
3: <laughs> First off, you know four to eight inches of snow would do to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We would be shut down for a month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for
3: a month, honky. So yeah, keep yeah. all that up there. Um, mm. now, uh, Let's, let's, let's support the Nebraska ball. Let's let's get to the dance of some sort. NIT, NC, I don't care. I just want to dance. I just want to, I just want to dance. Just, just just want to ride this, ride this momentum for a little while. It's been too long since we've had something to smile about as far as, you know, some of the men's athletics at UNL. And let's, let, let's keep this going.
1: Yeah, G-B-R. absolutely. Let's see if they can beat Maryland on Sunday. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, the next time we have a show. Right, Honky? Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. Uh, well, great show. Adam, thanks for joining us. It was uh, really informative. Um, really appreciate your time. Uh, for now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. Thanks, Adam.
3: A herd at Sports Network production.